Thank you for tuning in to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast, where our mission is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. If you want to live a more fulfilling life and get on track towards your long-term financial goals, it requires changing behaviors, developing a plan, and prioritizing your financial decisions. Now to your host and certified personal finance consultant, Richard Maricut. Hello, and thank you for joining me today for episode 12. I am your host, Richard Maricut, where my goal is to help you change your behavioral decisions by improving your financial literacy. Uh, before we get started, just a reminder, I am not a financial advisor, and this is for informational use only. Always consult with your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions, uh, of course, based on your situation. So for today's uh, two-part series, I'm actually going to be reviewing an article called The 20 Financial Mistakes That 30-Year-Olds Regret the Most. Uh, this was published by a website called FitzVillaFuerte.com. Um, now, the article says 30-year-olds, but you know, after reviewing this list, I'd have to say that a lot of these apply to you know, the 40 and older group as well. So the article starts by saying that the writer asked the question, uh, what financial mistakes do you regret the most? And he asked this questions to some of his close friends, ex-office mates, high school and college friends. And um, the list is basically their, their top answers. Now, if you find yourself committing you know, some of these same mistakes, um, then you may want to consider correcting them uh, before it's too late or you find yourself regretting some of these decisions yourself later down the line. So let's get into it. Um, so the first three items are covered under the section of saving and spending mistakes. So number one is, uh, I regret not learning how to budget my money early. And he goes on to say, I used to spend my income on whatever I want because I live with my parents. But now that I'm living on my own, I'm finding it hard to budget my money to pay for my rent and other living expenses. If I had learned to budget early, uh, early on, I know I wouldn't have uh, be having these uh, this many difficulties, right? So, I think that's an important one. Um, you know, one of the things that I've shared on previous podcasts is that you know we often learn our our spending uh, habits or our money habits through people we know. Um, a lot of times it's family and close friends. So when you are picking up those habits early on and your friends and family may not be in the um, financial situation that you want to move into, then it makes sense that you're going to pick up um, those habits, right? Um, now, of course, every situation you, you can reflect and say, were they bad habits or you just didn't know enough, right? But I think this was uh, a good way to start off is that, you know, a lot of us uh, in our early years, we are somewhat sheltered, right? So in this example, he mentioned he lived with his parents. So naturally, any money that he was probably making or she was probably making was going to what um, you know, the individual wants to buy as opposed to trying to plan. Right. Uh, number two, uh, I wish I didn't procrastinate on building an emergency fund. And, um, he goes on to say in my twenties, I assigned my credit cards as my emergency fund. That was a big mistake. 
if only I'd got into the habit of saving early, I know I wouldn't be in so much credit card debt now. Um, and again, I've, I've sp- spoken about emergency funds um, again on previous shows where, you know, if unless you um, before you can start investing, um, it's important that you have enough uh, money on the side to be able to take care of, um, you know, anywhere from three to six months of your normal expenses. All right. Um, in, in case an unplanned event happens, you want to be able to sustain uh, your livelihood especially of that of your family. If you, if, if you have a family, um, you want to make sure that you have enough cash on reserves, uh, or liquid cash to get to, um, until you're able to reestablish your source of income. Um, but you know, for, for me personally, uh, you know, in my younger days, especially in my twenties, uh, I didn't think about that. It was just about spending as soon as I got it. Right. Um, so this is one I can definitely agree with, you know, um, if I would have taken the time to pay myself first, establish that emergency fund or savings account, um, definitely could prevent a lot of headache down the line. Number three, um, I regret spending like there's no tomorrow. Um, and he goes on to say, I spent um, during payday like it was Christmas. It was nice and fun at first, but after a few years, Regret suddenly comes when you hear friends quitting their jobs and starting their own businesses while you're stuck at being an employee with no savings. And, um, you know, that just kind of goes on to what I was just saying is, you know, from my my experience, um, I wasn't thinking about tomorrow. Um, And again, this is not uncommon, especially, you know, uh, if you're single um, or early 20s. Uh, maybe even early thirties, right? You're not thinking about tomorrow. You're thinking about the moment. And, um, if your circle of friends or family are, you know, also living that lifestyle of in the moment, you're not necessarily thinking about tomorrow. So you, you get paid and then you spend, right? Um, number four, uh, now we move into, um, debt mistakes. So number four is, I regret going into credit card debt. And he goes on to say, treating credit cards as free money was the biggest financial mistake I did. I had to quit a good paying job to save uh, face. Back then, collection agencies were calling my office and it was embarrassing to my colleagues and especially to my boss. Um, Now, you know, going into credit card debt, uh, again, most of us, um, especially in our younger age, you know, we can get pulled into, um, you know, these, these marketing advertisements where it's, you know, 0% interest for X amount of months. And early on that builds that habit of, you know, almost no accountability. You get to use a, a physical piece of plastic uh, to charge things that you want and you don't have to pay for it or even think about how you're going to pay for it at the moment. And that convenience is what ends up getting a lot of us in trouble, especially early on when you haven't built the financial behaviors to control that. Um, it's enticing to be able to pull out a card and purchase something, not having to worry about the responsibility at that moment. Uh, and I think that's what ends up getting a lot of us in trouble is that that repetitive pattern of adding more debt to debt to debt uh, on top of that higher interest payments. 
And then, uh, you know, if you miss one payment, now your interest rate skyrockets. You know, that's also a form of the education that you don't get is, you know, what does it mean when you miss a payment? Um, you know, most of us use credit cards and um, tie the responsibility of payment just to understanding, well, what's the minimum payment? And the thought is, if I can afford the minimum payment, then I will pay that as long as I can. Um, and then what happens? You end up getting additional credit card, uh, credit cards, credit cards, and then that minimum payment across, you know, three, four, five cards now becomes, you know, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred dollars a month that you're paying on top of the accruing interest that happens. So definitely under, agree with the, this number four. Um, number five, I wish I didn't learn how to borrow money from friends. He goes on to say, I was blessed with generous friends whom I can always borrow money from. Um, they won't charge me interest and wouldn't even, uh, and would even let me pay whenever I can. I'm no longer friends with them. They started to ignore me when they found out I usually spend the money to go out on weekends. Um, you know, this is a, a scenario that Thankfully, I, I never had to experience um, depending on friends for money. Um, but I've had I have heard the stories of this, right, where, you know, you, you're a kind hearted person. You lend money to someone and then they don't pay you back. Um, but then you see that they're still spending or going out, um, you know, on the weekends, as, as this example shared. And then so you start to question you know, the, the friendship, right? How, how is this person able to go out and spend money knowing that this person still owes me, um, what I let lent him or her. And, and this can often cause separation, not only with friends, but even with family members. Right. And, and that's when it can be, uh, somewhat awkward and also long-term damage. Number six, life, um, lifestyle mistakes. Number six says, I now realize that keeping up with fads and trends was pointless. And it goes on to say, I, um, I used to spend money or all of my money on the latest fashion trends, the newest mobile phones. Um, after years of doing this, I now have a closet of outmoded clothes, a pile of obsolete gadgets, and no savings in the bank. And, um, you know, this one I can definitely relate to it as I'm sure a lot of us can, um, you know, with so much social media now, um, feeding us the coolest thing, the coolest trend, um, what you should have in order to be, you know, quote unquote cool or current, um, it forces us or, or makes us feel that we're forced to keep up with that. Um, and that often comes with, you know, spending more, um, beyond your means, just trying to keep up, whether it's the new iPhone, the new Android, uh, the newest, uh, pair of shoes, right. The outfit, um, you know, again, keeping up with your circle of friends or your, your environment. Um, and more, most of the time they're probably having a hard time keeping up with that as well. Um, but then you get into the cycle that you feel like you have to have those things in order to stay current or relevant. And that ends up coming back and, and biting you back for, for a long period of time. Number seven, um, I regret upgrading my lifestyle beyond what I could afford. And uh, he goes on to say that, you know, one time he got an increase from his boss at his job, 
The next day, he enrolled in a, a gym membership that was pretty much um, slightly above the increase uh, that he received from his job. Um, and then he goes on to say, you know, who in the right mind would do that? Um, and just to think that at that time he was um, an engineering major, right? So, you know, with this example, it's kind of often known as lifestyle creep, right? So when you come into new money, uh, whether it's a lump sum, a gift, or in this example, a pay increase at your job, you now feel this moment of, of being able to afford more, right? Just because you got the increase or the lump sum. Now, rather than using that increase and maintaining your same lifestyle, you now increase your lifestyle to accommodate for that increase. And, you know, in this example, he used getting a gym membership. And that's probably small in comparison to some some examples that I know I've done um, and some of you may have done, which is, you know, maybe getting a new car or, or adding a car payment. Uh, upgrading to a new house, even though your current house has been doing fine, um, right? So you're adding additional spending because you got that recent increase, but oftentimes your new spending is more than what your increase was, therefore creating more of an additional debt. And we're not thinking about that at the moment, but again, lifestyle creep is probably one of the ones that um, keeps us in our current financial situation for a lot longer, even though our annual income increases, it always feels like we're living paycheck to paycheck, right? And you probably heard that, uh, and you probably said that yourself, right? I feel like I'm paying, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, but then you look back the last five years, you know, you've had maybe a fifteen to twenty thousand percent, uh, twenty thousand dollar increase in your income in the last five years, but it still feels like you're living check to check, or maybe you actually are living check to check. But when you look at how you've upgraded your lifestyle to accommodate that increase over the years, that's what keeps you in your same situation. Um, <clears throat> number eight, I wish I didn't ignore the reality of inflation. Now, this one's been getting a lot of attention recently, especially post-COVID. Um, you know, a lot of the money that was being pumped into the economy last year um, to keep you know people uh, um, uh, updated and current with with spending, you know a lot of money was pumped into the system. Um, and he goes on to say here, I, I get at least a ten percent salary increase every year, while according to reports, um, the inflation uh, is around four, you know the six percent, right? Um, so basically, in this example is is like if you're getting a minimum salary increase and, and 10% is pretty high uh, compared to what I've traditionally seen as a normal increase is can be anywhere from two to 5% in most, uh, most companies. Um, but then if the inflation is at a minimum the same or exceeding that, um, then are you really getting an increase enough to offset inflation, right? Now, of course, uh, inf inflation is, is broad because inflation may not impact everybody exactly the same way because there can be periods uh, or years where certain products um, are more expensive um, but not everybody may you know purchase those same things so it may not be felt the same way but again the point of number eight is realizing that each year the the value of the dollar 
uh, decreases as prices of goods goes up. Number nine, um, number nine is income and career mistakes. Um, uh, he goes on to say, I wish I didn't become complacent with having my salary as my only source of income. He says, I used to think I was a valuable employee and had a long career ahead of me in the company that I was at. Uh, that was until they decided to cut costs and had to let me go, thinking that my job was secure and I could live the rest of my life as a salary earner was the biggest financial mistake of my life. And this one, um, again, this is one that most of us, even going back to our parents and grandparents, right? We were taught to, um, you know, go to school, um, get a good job, and then you spend, you know, the next 40, 50 years there, and then you get to retire, um, you know, living off that one income. But, you know, I would say probably in the last 20 years, that's become less and less where people are uh, living that kind of um, career at a single company because there's so much more change that's happening now compared to, you know, our times our great grandparents or grandparents were. Right. Um, but it still comes back down to the fact that um, there's so many other ways that you can generate income. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I know the popular term is side hustles. Um, but I really look at it as just utilizing your talents, um, you know, to, to earn extra income. And again, you know, my reference to social media, now there's a lot of ways that you can make additional money, um, through, you know, even being at home, right. Using the power of social media. So again, number nine is, you know, not being complacent with one salary, always looking for opportunity to generate more money. Um, the key to that is, you know, you want to have more coming in than what's going out. So of course, budgeting becomes very critical there. And number 10, um, I regret not starting a business when I had the chance. He says, I'm now married with kids and cannot easily quit my job to start a business. Um, looking back, I wish I had the courage to go into entrepreneurship when I was still single and living with my parents because I could afford to take a higher risk back then. Um, you know, and again, for my example, being in early forties, now having a family, I could relate to this one. Um, but I would also say, don't let your age stop you or having a family stop you. Yes. It means that you have to be a little bit more strategic. You need to make sure that you have safety measures in place, but if you have that that instinct to become an entrepreneur or you have uh, skill sets that you want to broaden out, uh, I think that you can make those things happen um, while still taking calculated risk without jeopardizing um, the livelihood of, of your family, right? I think, again, it just takes more um, uh, planning, but I think it definitely can can be done. All right, so that takes us to number 10 of the top 20. Um, that's it for today's podcast. I'll be getting into number 11 and 20 in the next episode, so stay tuned. Um, also, if you enjoyed today's session, I'd appreciate giving me a positive rating on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. Uh, it definitely helps me get my message out to more users to help improve their financial literacy. And if, uh, if you need help on how to get started to improving your own financial literacy, or need some structure on how to get started with budgeting, uh, visit our website at um, www.behavioralwealthconsulting.com for more information. And if you'd like to hear more about a specific topic on future episodes, 
you can email us at behaviorwealthconsulting at gmail.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Behavioral Wealth Consulting Podcast. For more information on how we can help you design an effective financial strategy through behavioral changes, visit us at behavioralwealthconsulting.com.